We talked a lot about this story because it made it into the top 10, or at least about the region in the top 10 from last week. Headline for number 11, the cutoff this week is, People go hungry in Ethiopia's Tigray as conflict marches on. For more details on this story, which we posted on Wednesday, the 18th of November, check out our website, thisistheconversation.com. Click the link for this week's podcast. Of course, this is the week ending the 20 or the 21st of November, November 21st. Well, I did that one in 2020. But that's all we have for the cutoff story at 11. Coming up really, 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 really soon in mere moments, we'll talk about the stories from 10 to 1, the stories you really told us were the most important per your response on our social media. Coming to you on the weekly wrap-up with Jay Cleveland Payne. This is a podcast with the week ending 11 or November 21, 2020. And welcome back to the show. My name, Jay Cleveland Payne, the show weekly wrap-up. This is a podcast that allows you to get a chance to see what stories were the most conversational that you basically said was conversational throughout the week. And by you, I mean all the people following us on our social media. It's really simple. People to follow us on Facebook and Twitter get a chance to respond to all the story links we post throughout the days, about one every 50 minutes or so. And they just respond by engaging with the stories, like them, love them, hate them, share them. The more engagement the story gets, higher score pops up. So follow us on Facebook. Look for This is a Conversation with the blue speech bubble looking thing. And on Twitter, TH underscore conversation, still blue speech bubble looking thing. And what you'll find is you'll see the stories come through as you do your normal searching of your social media. Just respond to the stories and your votes make its way into our countdown. We go from about midnight on Friday to about 4 or 5 a.m. on Friday. So a bit over a week's worth of time, a bit over seven days worth of time. And we take those scores from the engagement and put them in a spreadsheet that weighs out the Facebook and the Twitter, gives us one pure score for top to bottom. And from there, we count them from top to bottom or from 10 to 1 and then bottom. So the top is always the number one story. We'll get to that in a minute. And the bottom story this week out of 210 distinct different postings we had on the week. So we'll tell you a little bit about that 210 story. We call that the almost relevant story of the week. At the very bottom coming up in just a bit. This one also sort of um, de- defeats the odds, as you will, of what we expect to be at the bottom of the listing. But as we said, to be a part of the show... You can either comment to us directly on what we're saying here or anything else by emailing us at theconversationinbox at gmail.com, or you can literally be a part of the show by voting in your tops to bottoms. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as we said, and you can let us know what stories make this list. I don't think I do is pick random, random stories throughout the day. You actually tell me what stories come up top 10. Follow us uh, on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and of course, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and make sure you don't miss out on the podcast. To help keep things going around here, visit thisistheconversation.com slash partnerships and find out if you may want to be a part of the partnerships that keep these things going. Just visit any of the advertisers we post inside the feeds, on our website, inside our newsletter, anything there. All our products, you can find information and details at the conversation well at thisistheconversation.com. And of course, you can comment at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. Let's go ahead and get into the countdown right now. Story at number 10, a story that proves the power of the Facebook, even if the power of the Facebook isn't as strong as it could be around here. Uh, this story has a headline that goes like this. The Miami Dolphins are seriously considering making awesome throwbacks their permanent game day uniforms. Sunday, the 15th of November, we posted this one, and this gets a bump in response, which means the reason why it's at number 10, not 11, of 1.28%, just about one and a half, one and a quarter percent. 
Now, the reason why I say this shows the power of Facebook, we do have one score that tells us where these things go. We also make note of where they actually go in their respectives. So we say around here, if you listen long enough, we'll talk about how Twitter runs the show. And this week is definitely showing them back on the normal end of Twitter. More faster and greater responses come on Twitter and Facebook. But this story right here jumped from being in the almost rands, a story that would not have made it into the top 10, to right at number 10 based on its Facebook response. This was the top rated Facebook story in the countdown today. Facebook literally made it into made it make it into the top 10 and it's a pretty simple story actually the miami dolphins if as you know are a football team maybe you don't know that a football team in the national football league in the united states american football we have a lot of australians that listen so sometimes i say american football because they don't like us calling it football but it's my show but there you go so the miami dolphins are kind of in a sort of state of flux right now, they have a brand new quarterback, a brand new rookie quarterback that everybody is buzzing over who finally got a chance to play in the last couple of weeks, start off hurt as he ends the college seasons. And so now he's getting a chance to actually play in the big leagues. People are buzzing about that. People are buzzing about Miami in itself. And they're really buzzing about the fact that they've played using the throwback uniforms from way, way back. And right now, because there's so much buzz for that, they're thinking about, maybe using these uniforms for more often, like their permanent uniforms, going back to the old, if you will. Even in a time where people are thinking the kids love the cool stuff, new stuff, and there's so many different alternative uniforms for a sport, Miami's thinking old school. Now, remember, Miami Dolphins are the only team to ever go fully undefeated in the NFL. In fact, every single year, the people who, who are still living from that team, they literally pop a bottle of champagne once a team finally loses uh, it's, it's uh, finally loses a streak to being an undefeated team. It's something that they've been doing for quite some time. And there's a lot of love for the older Miami stuff and apparently the older jerseys. We're going to see if this actually becomes a thing because most of the times the jersey things is, is literally about money. The reason why you change up jerseys is you get a different throwback and more people buy a new jersey. That's why it works. Uh, we'll see if they'll stick with that for whatever reasons. But right now, uh, the Dolphins have a little bit more to worry about. They need to win some games and actually be a better team. They think they're getting that way. We'll see how that goes. Story number nine is another football-ish related story. The headline reads, all charges dropped against former New York Giants cornerback DeAndre Baker. And we posted it for you guys to see on Monday, the 16th of November. Bumpy response from number 10 story is 7.59%. This is a rather serious story. I'm going to read you pieces of it from ESPN, our source for this link. And I'm going to skip a bit of pieces, skip some pieces where the quotes are to get to the meat of it and then sort of discuss it in the back end. So here we go. The Broward State Attorney's Office has dropped all charges against former New York Giants cornerback Andre Baker. Baker was being prosecuted on four counts of robbery with a firearm. He was officially charged with four counts of armed robbery and four counts of aggravated assault with a firearm for allegedly taking jewelry and cash at gunpoint during a dice game in Miramar, Florida in May. The final straw in the case appeared to be South Florida's attorney uh, being being be a South Florida attorney being arrested early Monday morning for attempting to extort Baker on behalf of three of the alleged victims. William Dean, 50, was looking for Baker to pay more than $266,000 to each of his clients, who in turn would do, quote, anything you want so long as the money is right. All right, so 
this is, like I said, a pretty serious one. And, and there's been plenty of big time stories over the past couple of years, although obviously this season has been a whole lot of quiet of bad guys or bad characters in big time sports who have the opportunity to be bad guys and big time characters because they play in sports. This is one of those really, really odder stories where essentially, as we stated, uh, Baker was playing dice with some guys and he decided that he won and he didn't lose. That made no sense that he won the pot and to walk away with the money. He pulled a gun and guys and walked away. Essentially the whole defense of this was he just robbed them as opposed to he won. And these guys were kind of buffing up. And now the fact that the lawyer for the guys were basically saying, you know, you pay us up, we'll let this thing go, was good enough for prosecutors to drop the case. Whether he'll go back to playing football, we don't know. He was told to stay away from football for quite some time because we'll see what's going on. The uh, Giants have basically said that basically we wish him the best of luck while he figures his stuff out. Not sure if he is a really, really bad guy or this is just a situation that's there. But now that he is free of this, he's essentially free to go back to play ball. We'll see whether he's picked up anytime soon. We know the biggest issues in football right now are COVID stuff because they had a lot of issues with people out for COVID and injuries for people not being prepared because of the shortened season. Uh, That means Baker probably has a good chance of getting a job fairly soon before they cut things off going deeper into the season before the playoffs We shall see if we see Andre Baker on a court, on a court, on a field anytime soon, or whether he'll have to wait till next year to get back into the game, or if he can actually get back into the game as well. At number eight, Dustin Johnson wins the Masters with lowest score in tournament history. Sunday, the 15th of November, we posted this one and gets us a bumper response from the number nine story of 7.06%. It is cool to have a lot of sports things in this in this uh, countdown this week, even if one's about uniforms and one's about a guy who is getting off of a sentence, a lighter sentence, uh, we have more sports coming by the way, just to let you know. And it's a lot of it is money, money, money. But it is cool to have, talk about actual real sports. And it's cool to talk about the Masters, even though this is the 2020 Masters, uh, only like five months delayed. Remember, March, April, when the Masters actually happens after uh, the NCAA tournament, didn't happen because that's when he started shutting everything down because of COVID. This was a little different. Um, it was probably a lot easier to play, a lot less stressful to play with no people around. Of course, a whole lot different to play because there's not people clapping and doing all that stuff. And this was a time where Tiger Woods was basically hyped up to defend his championship. Although in the end, Tiger Woods had a pretty complete meltdown in, in the game, not so much on the course, but just in playing the game where he's just basically saying his body is just not living up to it it's a weird thing for a guy who's relatively young as opposed to a bunch of the other players out there still out there hitting around but he's he's essentially saying because of the the stress he's put on his body he's one of the uh, one of the pioneers of of the 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 weightlifting and and the kind of conditioning uh, that a lot of young guys do now he's essentially a senior tiger woods is so we'll see how well tiger can rebound but the big news and the good news is cool thing Justin Johnson, just Dustin Johnson, said that three times fast, gets a win in the Masters, and he gets the lowest score in tournament history. And like we said, it's a weird time because there was not any sort of uh, crowd around to either cheer or boo or do anything. And, of course, we're suspecting, because they're doing everything they can to make sure that all these things work out, uh, that there will be another Masters right on time for 2021. So we'll be back to the Masters back at Augusta 
literally in months back in April. We'll be there again and we'll see what happens along with March Madness and NCAA tournament as well. They're doing some stuff on that end to make their work. It works as well. Congratulations to Dustin Johnson getting the green jacket. And we'll see if he can defend literally months from now. At number seven, dueling dinosaurs, entangled fossils of Triceratops and T-Rex will find home in Raleigh, North Carolina. Tuesday, the 17th of November, the date we posted this one, bump in response of 3.3%. This is a really simple story, so if you want more details, click the link at our website. This is theconversation.com. Link for this week's podcast, of course, week ending November 21st, 2020. And this is just a really simple and a cool story. Dinosaurs always... Not, it's not just kids that love dinosaurs. Everybody loves dinosaurs. A, a, a pair of fossils were found with a dinosaur and a dinosaur. That's a Triceratops and a T-Rex. Basically, essentially battling it out. And I guess they, they battled over a big ravine and fell into the dark ooze and were, you know, put in amber and whatnot. And so now they found these fossils that were literally tangled up together. And because they had to shop for a place for them to see, they can now be seen by the public or soon by the public because a a museum in Raleigh, North Carolina, will take them in. So for more details on where they're going and how they got there and how they found this thing, check out our website, thisistheconversation.com. Click the link for this week's podcast. Remember, the link for every single story in the podcast from 1 to 210 can be found at the at the website. So if there's a story that, that you thought that you saw, that you thought that you tried to upvote and it didn't quite get there, you can see where exactly it placed if it didn't come up in the top 10 on the website every single week. The story at number six, man arrested after police found 105 pounds of marijuana during traffic stop. Local story from here in Arkansas, KARK.com gave us that story Wednesday, the 18th of November is the date we got that. And you guys cared about this one quite a bit to move it out of seven. It get a bump response to six of 25.53%. Because this is a write-up essentially from a news story, uh, you know, sometimes we put on the websites, just put the scripts from the news story onto the website. It's very quick, and that's the best way to basically get you the information from this. So let me just read it from KARK4's website, or KARK.com. It's Channel 4 here in Little Rock, Arkansas. Conway, Arkansas. A traffic stop in Conway ends with a 68-year-old man behind bars after police found bags full of marijuana. Conway police said the driver was drifting back and forth in the lanes on I-40. Once pulled over, CPD reports they found an open container and noticed the smell of marijuana. Officer Tanner Williams found three large trash bags and a box labeled bed frame filled with 105 pounds of marijuana. Quote, the marijuana was in vacuum sealed packages. There were about 100 of these packages. Once we got it back here, so the police department to the police department, we were able to weigh it, and it was 105 pounds, said Latricia Woodruff for the Conway Police Department. Conway police say the street value was around $315,000. James Jenkins is facing several charges, including possession of a controlled substance, open container of alcohol in a vehicle, and improper lane change. I think that's the most important one there. We are lucky that we were able to get him stopped again because he was driving dangerously and to be able to get that amount of marijuana off the street, said Latricia Wardriff, again, Conway Police Department. Now, I have lots of beef, and it's one of those things where I've written copy for these things, so I know how horrible it is. But because many TV stations, uh, basically for their website coverage, don't have staff or just don't care to rewrite the, the articles, a lot of things were in there that I had to kind of, you know, 
on my end, kind of add some adjectives and, and punctuation. But you get the story, a really quick story and a good story picked up here locally. But in for some reason, a lot of y'all cared. Maybe it was the sheer number. What was surprising is the the amount of money that it was worth. Only three hundred thousand dollars, three fifteen to be exact. One would think that one hundred five pounds of weed would be worth more of that. Uh, maybe the, it all depends on where it's going, especially since it's on the illegal end. And since you can buy it legally in many places, not not really here, but in many places close to here, probably brings down the price of the illegal stuff by quite a bit if you can still make that happen. You know how businesses work. You basically still have to make it happen even if, you know, the business is down. Last week, we had a lot of stories about rappers being shot or shooting people. This week, we had a bunch of stories in range, but only one of them made the top 10 this week. This one at five. Rapper Benny the Butcher shot in the leg outside Houston Walmart. Sunday the 15th, we posted this one for you guys to see. And you guys made it the number five story by making it more responsive than the six by 9.32%. And just like last week, the quick disclaimer, XXL, the magazine that follows rappers and rap culture has been a long time out of my big daily reading build, but uh, they are the source for the story. And Benny the Butcher also not quite in my my queue for my, my, my Spotify. So I don't know much about the guy. I knew this was a story that popped up in the listing of things trending. We put it in there and it stuck around pretty well for you guys to keep it up, especially since it was posted on Sunday. I'm going to read the update coming from on the story, not the original story, and give you that. And we're going to roll on for this one. The update posted on November the 16th. Of course, we posted the original link to the story on the 15th. Benny the Butcher appears to be on the road to recovery after being shot in the leg during an attempted robbery outside of a Houston Walmart over the weekend. In video footage shared on the Resilda Records Rhymer's Instagram story last night, November 15th, he is seen walking towards what looks like a private jet while on crutches. It's unclear where Benny was traveling to. A rep for the Houston Police Department confirmed to XXL this afternoon that two men robbed Benny and another passenger that was in the car with him for the jewelry while they were in the Walmart parking lot. Benny was shot prior to the jewels being taken. The other person was not injured. Benny was treated at a nearby hospital for his gunshot wound. As I said, this is the second week in a row where we had rappers shooting or being shot at. And this is the only one of this week that made it into the top 10. Last week, it was two and maybe three total in the range. The range would basically say is anything in the top 15 that's worth mentioning. We don't go into the stories mostly in in 11 through 15, but we will mention them if they sort of rely what happens here. I'm not sure why so many people were in on the rapper thing, but it just was something that was big this week. At number four, Timberwolves select Anthony Edwards with number one pick in 2020 NBA draft. We posted this on Wednesday the 18th, essentially as it happened, a bump in response of 10.85% from the number five story. Very simple story on this one. Anthony Edwards uh, was the expected number one pick this year, and he was it. Now, what makes the NBA draft so peculiar this year was the fact that, A, there was no NCAA tournament last year we talked about that a bit earlier so there wasn't a chance for these guys to showcase what they had going on before they got drafted two the nba finals didn't wrap up until like three weeks ago so they didn't get drafted in the summer for time for summer basketball all that stuff happening 
Number three, the NBA season will be playing uh, on Christmas Day. So as we are a, a week out or less than a week out from Thanksgiving, that's not a lot of time. So there's not a lot of time for anything at this point. While these guys who are expecting big paydays to go to big teams have been finding ways to get their workouts in, not a lot of things can be organized because they have to still be quote-unquote amateurs until they actually sign these contracts. And, of course, it's only been a few days, so some of these contracts are not quite signed yet. In fact, we're getting a lot of word on the weekend here of people getting the contract signed and some the real big things about the draft, since there are only 30 teams and two rounds, many people don't get drafted. That's not a lot of people that get a chance to get a, get a chance to play professional basketball in a rookie season. Although that's that's really not true. There's plenty of times, plenty of chances for people to go undrafted and sign smaller contracts. Many people go play overseas and then come back later on. Many people play now for the G League and then they're in the transition for more or less minor league basketball to pop up and fill a roster if somebody gets hurt. So there's lots of ways that people get into the league, but to make the big money and get drafted in the first half of the of the first round or just get drafted in the first two rounds, the only two rounds, if you will, makes a big difference. You can go deeper into the stories of who got drafted. Check out the link we have at our website. This is the conversation.com link for this week's podcast, of course, November the 21st, 2020. This is another sports story, and this is a not so much surprising sports story, but what we have is essentially a story from last week that got extended. Here's your headline. Will Muschamp gets $13 million parting gift with South Carolina firing. Monday, the 16th of November is when we posted this one, and a bump in response from the four story of 30.07%. Oddly enough, the New York Post is our source for this, and I'm just going to read a few paragraphs, skipping around some of the quotes, so bear with me on that one, of the story to give you the full concept. Just for anybody who needs any kind of background, he's a college football coach. You'll see that in the reading or hear that in the reading. Will Muschamp has been fired by an SEC football program before the completion of a season. Again, South Carolina acts Muschamp on Sunday with four years remaining on his contract, prompting a buyout of $13.2 million. He also had been fired by Florida in November of 2014 with three years remaining on that deal. South Carolina Athletic Director Ray Tanner announced the offensive coordinator and former Colorado State head coach Mike Bobo will serve as interim coach for the remainder of the season. Gamecocks, 2-5, and five, were torched for 708 yards of offense in Saturday's 59-42 loss to Ole Miss, their third straight defeat. The 49-year-old Muschamp led South Carolina to three straight bowl appearances in his first three seasons in Columbia, but the Gamecocks were posted, have posted a 16-13 record the past two seasons. He similarly led Florida to an 11-2 mark and a Sugar Bowl appearance in his second season in Gainesville for going 10-13 over his final two seasons. It goes a little bit deeper into kind of Bobo's deal, and Bobo, of course, had a actually head coaching job last year until he became a, a coordinator there at Carolina. But right now he gets a chance to audition for the full-time gig as the head coach at South Carolina because he's going to be in the seat for the rest of the season, however long it is. And this has been just all sorts of odds, so we don't want to necessarily blame Will Muschamp. Well, I guess you do. That's, how, that's why I got fired. For the situation he had himself put in for coaching, but it is a big deal. There's a lot of money, and of course, with three years left in your contract, that's a pretty big vote of, of non-confidence. And because it was three years left, they had to pay him off the rest of the money. 
$13 million. Now, whether this contract allows them to go get another job and keep that money, we'll see. Essentially, when you pay off somebody's contract, in theory, they're free to go do something else. A lot of times the cases in these things is they're they're not so free to go um, within the last three years of the last realm of the contract. And sometimes even further, some coaches get in trouble because they take their buyout and then they go back to work sneakily. But they go back to work a little too early and then they, the schools try to get their money back. It's college football money is insane. No one really understands that. And this is one no one really understood, but it was a big deal for y'all this week. Well, it was a big deal, but what happened, they no one understood. Walmart site goes down again as PS5 orders go up. Friday, the 13th of November, we posted this one with a bump in response, slight 1.08% from the number three story. Now, the oddity of this story, which we posted on Friday, Friday um, very early in the morning, because uh, they, they went on sale like midnight on Thursday, or we're going to call it midnight Friday, early Thursday, whatnot. People trying to get their PS th- PS5s, to call that a Freudian slip, PS5s and trying to get them early, found issues with Walmart uh, and other sources where they're either being, being slow to respond or just not being in stock fast enough. Walmart's site essentially just just kicked it pretty much as soon as people went into getting orders. And then after, of course, a, a day or so of getting it fixed, Walmart and other retailers had issues a few days later for people trying to get in on the PS5 love. So if you're out there and you try to get the PS5 this week and you had website issues, I'm sorry. I know my kid um, got his and he, in fact, was able to take a couple of days off to um, enjoy his life with his new PS5. That's how he explained it. And so we just kind of go on with it. You know, he's getting his, he's getting his bills paid. So, hey, do what you got to do, kid. But I know a lot of people had a lot of issues trying to get in the PS5 deal because Christmas is coming. Uh, essentially, the new games are coming. And if you are a gamer or just a young person with a much free time and, of course, disposable income, PS5, the new system is the thing people have been coveting for a while. And it covered it so much that it crashed the Walmart website and other retailers' websites down the line as well. This is a story, as you said, we posted this on Friday, Friday, early Friday morning on the 13th as they went on sale like midnight then or maybe 10 p.m. the day before. Uh, But there's still people a week out trying to get in on the PS5 love. I'm not sure if they are out of stock yet or just having issues along the lines with what they have going on. But this is what happens in the day and age when a commodity is very, very, very much in demand and the PS5s are very much demand right now. And number one is a super story. Um, it's, it's basically the main story and the update. The update didn't actually do very much for for the numbers. In fact, the super story on the on the main story itself was so massive, it was going to be number one by leaps and bounds anyway. This changed the percentage by very little and did nothing to change anything in the wrap-up. In fact, the, 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 the update to the story that gave us a bit more of what was going on happened was uh, barely in the top 20, to be honest. So it wouldn't make much difference anyway. But we put it together because the update is the better story in this case because it tells the full detail. Now, for the fanfare, we're giving number one fanfare because it, it, it earned it, to be honest. Twitter runs the show here. Twitter responses is what pushes things. And this one was leaps and bounds, a big-time Twitter story because it was going down live People were paying attention to this one. This is the number one Twitter story, obviously. This gets a bump in response from the number two story on the PS5s and issues with Walmart's website, 942%. Oh, yeah, that much. By the number 10 story, the bump in response is 2,379%. 
And the story at 210, the almost relevant story this week, we'll give you that headline in a moment. But this story was more responsive to than that story at the very bottom by 195,800%. Your headline that kicked this thing off is major police operation underway at Ubisoft Montreal. And, of course, we gave you also the super story headline, which is a story we're actually going to read. Police operation at Ubisoft Montreal was due to a hoax. The main story, the first story posted on Friday the 13th as well. So this one went big on Friday, lasted all day, and lasted all week as the top story. Now, we're going to read from the second story that that literally made no real difference to where this thing was being placed, but mostly because the headline we, we posted on this story is actually an original story from a different source. It's just they updated the headline and gave many updates along the way to show how they updated the story. But we're going to read you what basically the final version of it is. A large police investigation that occurred at the Ubisoft Montreal offices Friday was the result of a hoax the CBC confirmed with local police. There were reports initially of a possible hostage situation, but that couldn't be confirmed by either Ubisoft or police. Quote, we are aware of the situation and working with local authorities, a spokesman for Ubisoft said in a statement to Windows Central. It's important that we do not get in the way of their work at the moment. We are waiting for an official statement. The Journal of Mon- De- I'm sorry, the Journal de Montreal, I must say it that way, was one of the first to report that something was happening in the area, but noted that police couldn't confirm any information. A heavy police presence, including specialized officers in tackle gear, was on the scene, according to both the Montreal Police Twitter's account and footage taken by TVA Novales, pardon my French, a local French language TV news station. The police asked people to avoid the area during the investigation. Now, many of the updates kind of go along with what's going on through the night. Let us know what's happening. But essentially, the final update they have to the story at 7.40 p.m. on the same day, uh, Montreal Police uh, the the SPVM, which basically the Montreal Police, released a statement confirming the situation is under control, but the investigation is still going further down the line. That basically saying that it came about from some sort of call in to hoax. Um, a nine one one call was essentially a joke, if you will, a, a hoax. It wasn't real. Now they're still figuring out who it was, why it was, and what the big hubbub was. But it's turned into a very big deal outside the offices of Ubisoft. I'm glad that everybody's safe. Uh, no real serious issues is going on. But this is a, something that, in most cases, doesn't turn out as as clear and as in simple as this. There are cases around the nation of, in their gamers, which is the weird oddity of what it is, thinking that it's funny, of gamers from across the, the nation calling in other gamers as having issues and calling 911 on them and having them interrupted. No one really understands why. I'm sure someone has some sort of big detailed understanding of why this happens, but it doesn't make any sense to A, make falsified 911 calls, and B, just call on other gamers because that's just what the cool kids do these days, I guess. Uh, we're happy, as we said, nothing serious went down at Ubisoft Montreal, but we're not very happy that we have to report this story because it seems like a ridiculous waste of everyone's time so the details from top to bottom that number one story this week like i said we call it a super story because we combine two headlines that normally makes a difference in keeping most of the stories from being duplicates inside of the actual countdown this time the add-on didn't make that much difference it was so far gone 
with the uh, the original story because it was alive and it was really, really big. But we told you that the bump in response from the number two to one was almost a thousand percent. The engagement of that story alone took up 30 percent, 30.39, basically 31 percent of all the engagement we had all week long in the stories. That one had had as many eyeballs by 30 percent of anything out there. By comparison, the story at the very bottom. Point zero two. We'll get to that one in a moment. Now, we always add up the top 10 and the 1 through 15 to let you kind of know where things were in the listings of sort of the general response. In most cases, the top 10 is about 30% on its own because this one took 30% on its own. Top 10 was almost 50% of responsive. That was 48.58 to be exact. The 11 through 15 stories we didn't quite get into because they're not quite there was about in spot and range about took about 5.17 percent of all the eyeballs all the attention throughout the week now we always tell you that twitter runs the show and twitter ran the show this week taking up 92.36 percent of all the responses this week facebook on the other end 8.64 percent that's basically normal 8 to 92 is essentially in the normal range although lately we've seen the facebook go up as high as 15 percent with some big stories we'd like to see more facebook response so that means you need to follow us uh, this is a conversation on Facebook, and make sure you're applying there as well. Now, let's go ahead and get into the final story. There are no other real numbers or, or, or oddities to talk about. So the story at the bottom, normally we call it the almost relevant, well, we always call it the almost relevant story of the week. Normally it's there because it's something that's posted late on Thursday, early on Friday, near the cutoff for the stories. This one got some response, but very little response, and was posted early in the week on Saturday. So the headline for the story that is 195,800% less responsive than the number one story reads like this. Google at odds with U.S. over protective order for firms tied to lawsuit. Reuters, this new service popped that one up. And we pulled it up there on the 14th of November, as we said, Saturday. And we told you how unresponsive it is. We told you how much engagement it got, 0.02%. So not a lot of people caring about this one as it went live and didn't pick up anything Along the way, so this story is the almost irrelevant story of the week. So what is it actually about and why is there very little to care about? Let's go ahead and read a little bit from the actual write-up that Reuters gave us last week. Alphabet, Inc.'s Google, and the U.S. Justice Department have failed to reach agreement over a protective order for third parties like Microsoft, that provide data to governments for its lawsuit against search and advertising giant. Google is pressing for two in-house attorneys to have access to the confidential data while the Justice Department and State Attorney General involved in the lawsuit have disagreed, Google said in a court filing on Friday. Google stated it needed the information to prepare an effective defense. It offered to ensure that any confidential information would be made available solely to two in-house attorneys at the offices of Google's outside counsel or in another secure manner, adding that it would promptly report any disclosure. Government said in a separate filing that allowed Google's staff attorneys to review, quote, strategic plans related to the rival's voice assistance and other commercially sensitive information, unquote, was dangerous because they could misuse information to squash potential competition. Heard that before. Government also said that highly confidential files in the last big technology antitrust case, which involved Microsoft Corp. about 20 years ago, were only available to the company's outside counsel. 
The companies whose documents are in dispute in the Google case also include Oracle Corp., AT&T Inc., Amazon.com, Comcast Corp., and others. They have until next Friday to make their proposals for the terms of protective order. Judge Amit Mita of the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia is hearing the Justice Department's case against Google. The government sued Google in October, accusing the $1 trillion company of illegally using its market muscle to bobble rivals, I'm sorry, hobble rivals in the biggest challenge in the power influence of big techs in decades. So other than the fact, the fact that I can't read very well, you kind of get the gist of it. Google's in court again, dealing with antitrust stuff again, this time, this one in particular, about how they manage and how they sort of unmanage other people in search. And they want the details so they can actually put up a good defense. It's not necessarily a bad, a bad ask, but, you know, we'll see how this works out. As basically they're saying, even though they could use it to help for the defense, they'll probably use it for more nefarious things. Google's past at least, yeah, Google's past um, sort of quote, uh, basically, uh, motto was do no evil. Unfortunately, Google before it and Alphabet as it is now tends to do a lot more evil, maybe not quite on purpose, but it just sort of happens in response. So government doesn't trust them. And we'll see how that one plays out. Basically, they had until yesterday, as recorded this on Saturdays, to file another complaint. But you guys didn't care about that one very much from last week. So apparently you probably don't care about what going forward. You probably should because it is the Google and they know just about everything about everyone. What I do know about everything and everyone out there is that we've reached the end of the numbers. And so now we're going to wrap this thing up and let you guys get back to work on setting up next week. In fact, you're already at work. We already have stories all over the place uh, for you to respond to. And we're seeing some are getting plenty of good response and maybe they'll make it into next week's podcast to be a part of that voting process. Follow us on social media, on Facebook. We need lots more Facebook people there. Follow us at this is a conversation with the blue speech bubble looking thing on Twitter, still blue speech bubble, this TRTH underscore conversation. And every 50 minutes or so, we post a new story, a new headline from all over the place. Sources cover the gambit of places. Some of them might be a bit sketchy, but some of those have the best response anyway. Like them, love them, hit them, respond to the stories as best as possible. And we'll see what the scores turn out to be at the end of the week. To respond and correspond with us, email us, the conversation inbox at gmail.com. Uh, we'd like you to do is stop by our website one so you can see all the links of all the stories of the week and you can interact with us there as well this is the conversation.com is the main website this is the podcast of the week ending november the 21st 2020 if you feel like you get a lot out of this and you want to make sure that more people can gain from this check out the partnerships link at our website and see if you are willing to become a partner to help keep the lights on and keep things going here otherwise just visit one of our sponsors, visit one of our advertisers. We post links inside of our feed, links at the website, links inside a newsletter. All of our different uh, projects have some sort of advertising link to it. We get affiliate pay from that, so we appreciate everybody that's there. and We do our best to vet all the affiliates as best as possible, so they are folks that will help you out and will help you out. Things you need and are really good to you as well. The most important way you can make sure that we're doing great is to make sure that you're 
not missing out on podcast episodes. Subscribe to the podcast on whatever your favorite podcatcher is. We are all over the place. And of course, share the podcast with other people who are looking to be in the great conversation and ask them to follow us on social media and be a part of those things as well. Once again, you can email us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com about any single thing going forward. Uh, we'll chat up basically everything and just get prepared for another episode coming up next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for contributing to this one and listening to this podcast. This doesn't happen without you. This is a labor of love, but it's a labor in its own. And so we are glad that we're putting forth the effort and you are of course giving us the comments and feedback that we're doing fairly good work on that end so with that i'm jay cleveland Payne, wrapping up for all the crew that helps put together the weekly wrap up thank you so much we're going to get back to work and prepare for next week's countdown from 10 to 1 the stories that you told us not the mainstream media not wolf blitzer not even Stuart barney what stories were the top stories of the week thank you so much we'll see you in a week